Mystic Chick here. It's about that time to grab a tantric kiss, a Mexican hot chocolate martini, or a lucky devil, and get settled in to a big, puffy cloud of positive energy to contemplate another morsel of mystic goodness. All right, so here here are the questions for tonight. Do you want better, more fulfilling sex? Do you want to feel more comfortable in your own skin and love your body? Do you want to unblock or enhance your creativity? These are questions you need to ask yourself. <laughs> Hello, Burgolast. Hello, Mystic Chick. Oh, my gosh. So um, this is really kind of an interesting topic, uh, the topic of Tantra. I, I, What is kind of like your background in this kind of topic? I mean, really not much. Like... I mean, I think that, like, you know, coming of age, we're all like, oh, the Kama Sutra, oh, all these different positions. But, I mean, it's not just positions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people want to believe that it's just that. I think it would be easier. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Jeez, <laughs> uh, the Kama Sutra, yeah, that takes me back. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I think everybody at the age of like 19 or 20 in the Barnes and Noble like bargain section picked I up a copy. I was going to say that. The Barnes and Noble, <laughs> the naughty section. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, it was always... let our parents see us over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, I think it was just kind of like one of those requisite things you did because, you know, you were like not a teenager anymore. You were like, you know, a grown adult and you were able to do like adult like oh, yes, I've embraced my sexuality, blah, blah, blah. And uh-huh. Here's this manual. <laughs> here's a manual. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I just yeah. don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's a bunch of positions that your stupid boyfriend wants to try that you're not into and he's going to ignore everything that you want to try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So um, there's so much to I, I don't even know where to start with this because i mean it's such a comprehensive topic and i don't think a lot of people are aware of like the the scope of it actually but exactly yeah i mean well i mean there was really interesting reading that um you sent my way and i kind of like little, fell down like a little rabbit hole of where <laughs> exactly like tantra comes from oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what? i thought that so um, I guess we can start there, just like the difference between um, Neo-Tantra and Classical Tantra. Oh, my. I don't know. What were you reading? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, she's using words that don't. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I And all these links that I'm going to be mentioning or, or citing on the podcast uh, will be found on the uh the show page after this when the episode is uploaded so if anybody is curious later there will be links and you can find these things to kind of check it out for yourself but um yeah i mean there's <laughs> i i actually fell down a rabbit hole too honestly because oh, oh yeah it's an interesting rabbit hole when it comes to tantra Oh my gosh. And okay, so before we do that, I almost completely forgot about the drinks because I thought they were kind of interesting tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tantra drinks. All right. So, um, <laughs> one of the 
the drinks was called the Tantric Kiss. And it's on the Epicurus. <laughs> I butcher these names, I swear to God. The Epicurus website, epicurus.com. And it has, oh, <laughs> it's more my speed. It takes three minutes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. It's uh, prep time is two minutes and mix time is one minute. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, so four ounces of vodka or gin and kind of, are you team vodka or team gin? And we're split down the middle here. Oh, sorry. Like, um, I think that I just missed that because I was pulling something up. Okay. So, um, we're talking about team gin or team vodka. Yeah. It calls for vodka or gin. So it kind yeah, I'm, of, I'm team gin, team gin for sure. I'm drinking gin right now. It's this very fancy gin that, um, Virgo <laughs> lad got for me. It's okay. called, um, it's London Dry Gin from High Clear Castle. Ooh. The High Clear Garden Botanicals, made with the finest of them, it says. <laughs> and it, like, <laughs> I remember I opened it up and I was like, this smells straight up like perfume. Like, it smells like perfume and it tastes like flowers. But I, I just have it in a glass with, like, a, one of those big old ice cubes. And uh, it's actually, like, it's nice because it's something that you just have to sip slow like you can't just chug this okay so wait a second you just did it neat tonight or like yep is it on the rocks okay um, is neat without ice and on the rocks is with ice correct yeah you're right so it is on the rocks okay or just so like one big old rock it got like um one of those <laughs> ice cube trays that has like the big giant cocktail square so that they melt really slowly into your liquor and don't water it down Oh, okay. I was thinking about when you said cocktail squares. I thought with the nature of our episode that you were just going to stop halfway through that word. And I'm like, oh, big frozen. <laughs> Never mind. All right. So <laughs> it, it took me back to, to like going to bachelorette party days. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yes and it, just to throw this out there we will be probably revisiting this term later in the episode but the correct term for the the uh, male member in this episode is the lingam <laughs> the lingam <laughs> lingam it sounds so much classier <laughs> <laughs> yes and like um what the correct the correct term for vagina will be um the yoni which yoni. i actually like that more too it's very melodic, Yoni. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So you're, like, reminding me of um, the Saturday Night Live episode with uh, those two women, and they're talking about um, they have Alec Baldwin on with Pete's balls. They're these, like, Christmas cookies. I don't remember that one. Oh, my. I, I might post a link for that, too. Pete's sweaty balls. <laughs> oh, that one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I never no, even watched that one, but there were just some SNL sketches that just kind of, like, trickle down into, like, your consciousness, like, whether you watch the show or not. <laughs> it was like, so these two ladies are on NPR or something, and they're trying the cookies on, on the air, and they're like, one lady's like, ooh, your balls are so tender they melt in my mouth and then the other woman's like yes and they taste a little salty <laughs> and they went back and forth i really love these balls <laughs> oh my all right 
So, anyways, back to the drink. A tantric kiss. You got four ounces of vodka or gin. I would pick vodka. You would pick gin. Half an ounce of peach schnapps, an ounce of pineapple juice, an ounce of cranberry juice, four ice cubes, or one big honking ice cube. One big honking ice cube. It's the way to go, people. (laughs) And the coup d'etat is edible rose petals. Optional. Oh, lovely. That is a tantric kiss. I like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's simple. And it almost looks like a Cosmo. I could see that. Yeah. Especially with the rose petals, just probably like, you know, giving it like a little rosy hue. (laughs) Yeah. Except it's like more um, opaque than I guess a Cosmo. Probably because of all the um, pineapple juice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, but the other thing that I found amazingly amusing was this other drink. The other two drinks came from... (laughs) this blog post from like 2013 or 14 on blogger uh-huh. or blogspot okay oh god remember the days i miss <laughs> blogs <laughs> i actually really do it was so much better than facebook and social media like you actually got to read about people's lives did you just call it spacebook did i I don't know. I just thought it would be funny if it was like this. Like, I didn't know if like I people mean, were referring to it that way now. No, no, very much not. I mean, I'm going to have to like listen back to this show and see if I did that because sometimes my um, brain thinks faster than my mouth can process and I might have <laughs> squished up my space and Facebook together, in which case that's kind of cool. I want to join <laughs> Facebook. I think we need to invent this. Facebook sounds awesome. I thought it was like a commentary on our social media driven society. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So anyways, the other two were taken from this. I happy sex guru dot blogspot.com backslash 2014 backslash 05 backslash libido boosting drinks for tantric html but (laughs) happy sex guru (laughs) (laughs) the intimacy coach for supreme sexual happiness so i was just like well that's pretty awesome uh But anyway, so the two that I pulled from here, one was the lucky devil. And she actually, well, I think it's a she. I, I'm just guessing now. But I don't, I guess there's an info page somewhere. I don't know. It's weird. Blogspot was weird back then. So the lucky devil is an alcohol-free cocktail. And it contains cinnamon, your favorite, cardamom, honey, and saffron. <laughs> and it actually... I'm sorry. It actually was developed by New York City's Museum of Sex. The recipe includes homemade cinnamon and cardamom elixirs, granulated honey, and a saffron rock candy garnish. Rock candy garnish? Yes. It's not just for kids. kind of feel like that would be a great band name. Like, (laughs) I am the lead singer of Rock Candy Garnish. (laughs) Now, would you be Rock Candy Garnish or Saffron Rock Candy Garnish? Ooh, that that would be my stage name, Saffron. (laughs) I'm Saffron, and I sing for Rock Candy Garnish. (laughs) (laughs) I I got nothing to add to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would be your sidekick, Granulated Honey. Granulated Honey. <laughs> Give it up for granulated honey, everybody. <laughs> I was like stumbling around and kind of like, yeah, disheveled looking, and I have too many sequins. 
<laughs> never could be too many sequins. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've seen a few that, that danced dangerously close to that line. <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> more sequins. Add more. Oh my God. Ooh, there is a picture of, I think it's the lady's chest, um, but it's such an old blog spot post at, that the photo is very granulated and overly large, like it got blown up too big. But I do see some boobs and like almost like SM gear going on. Ooh, so, there's that. Uh, I was okay. just I, I was staring at it going, what am I looking at? Um okay, oh, so, blog spot. <laughs> does anyone is it even like still active blog spot? Uh, I mean it is, but I feel like nobody really uses it anymore. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Yeah. Little bondage boobs over here. Yeah, yeah. You know what? If I had enough to do that, I would totally. No, I think I could still rock that. <laughs> I'm talking myself into it right now. Okay. So the next one is the Mexican hot chocolate martini. Ooh, that sounds great. I know. And this is what she writes about it. Uh, chocolate is traditionally linked with pleasure, sin, and sex. Chocolate stimulates the production of dopamine in the brain and is packed with stimulating substances like caffeine. I'm getting hot already. A natural mood booster. It improves stress levels so you can deeply relax. Combine dark... <laughs> Combine dark cocoa powder with ground chipotle pepper in this dessert-worthy Mexican hot chocolate martini. And you can you do this non-alcoholically also. So I see one that you skipped. And like, you <coughs> love all the sweet drinks. This one would probably be more my jam. <gasps> um, the Bloody Mary Oyster Shooters. <laughs> I knew you were going to pick that one. I couldn't bring myself to do it because I'm like, I don't like Bloody Marys and I don't like oysters. But yes, you I like both. I have like eaten, I have honestly eaten like giant platters of oysters in my time. Like um, one of my friends and I, we really, really love oysters. So we will go out and like to like those dollar nights where they're getting rid of them. And we will just have order platter after platter. Like there was like this one episode of Man versus Food where I think he ate something like 500 oysters and he almost never wanted to eat them ever again after that. And I was like, you know what? I feel like I could actually manage that. <sighs> Okay, so does that make you a serial killer? Like, are they bitter at all, or are they just salty? Because bitter is the taste preference of serial killers. No, they're not bitter at all. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that by themselves, they're more of like a neutral flavor, like kind of like, okay, everybody forgive me for using this word, but like creamy, almost. <laughs> Wait, is that like moist now? Like, did people, are there like people out there that hate creamy? I just feel like in the in, in the context of like describing an oyster that way, it could bring up some weird imagery. Ah! Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Okay. But yeah, I mean, like you garnish it with like um, you know, like some cocktail sauce or some lemon, and yeah, they're delicious. They're apparently an aphrodisiac, so I think that's why it's on the list. Yes, they are. They are really, really on the top of that list although i guess i could try them once but i'm just i'm a i'm a cancer i'm a crab i don't eat my own kind i kind of stay away from seafood in general i definitely don't eat crab <laughs> yeah that's right it's what like um cancer and pisces like 
I think about it. I've never met like a Pisces who uh, was into seafood. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Me neither. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. Nope. I know one. All right. So, <laughs> but they are few and far between. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, one cannibal Pisces. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, okay. So we've got the drinks covered and I'm going to go into a couple things to kind of like explain Tantra itself and explain a couple things related to Tantra before going into kind of exercises and breath work and all that jazz. But I found actually a really helpful website. It's called samakaruna.org. And uh, it's called What is Tantra and How to Practice It? And it's it's got the uh, fancy English style, P-R-A-C-T-I-S-E. Yes, practice. Ooh. <laughs> for whatever, okay, for whatever reason, I can't load this thing up at all. Like, I've been able to load every single other uh, link that you sent me. I can't do that one. So you're just going to have to explain it to me. <laughs> well, and I'm probably not going to spend that much time on this one. But basically, Tantra is, I mean, everybody kind of thinks about tantric sex. Tantric sex is just like one aspect of tantra and the word tantra means kind of like loom or weaving together because you're like weaving together your energy and someone else's um but not, not always you know sometimes it's just you connecting your energy to the earth and whatever so i mean you can practice tantra like as a single person on your own you can practice tantra in a couple situation and probably also more open situations but it was basically, <laughs> there's a whole lot of things around it as far as like intimacy is like when you look up tantric anything, intimacy is like the biggest thing that you come across. Like everybody who talks about tantra is going to talk about intimacy and building intimacy, creating intimacy, blah, blah, blah. I think the word gets... that just like made me re remember, do you remember, was, okay, was it singles where... um one girl is like dating this guy and he wrote this book called um into you he's not that into you yeah no no um into me see what yeah <laughs> okay i'm sorry tell me more <laughs> i i it's like there was just like the play on words it was like the self-help self book it might not have been singles maybe it was sex in the city but like yeah the book was called into me see <laughs> oh, I feel a little dirty now. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, actually, you bring up a good point because um, the reason, part of the reason why this article was written was to kind of clear up some of the misconceptions and misunderstandings because there are a lot of fake tantric gurus out there and it has become a lucrative business for people without scruples. Not right. that not by any means are all tantric practitioners and gurus, you know, scrupulous fakes, but you do have to kind of be very, very careful uh, anytime that you are going to try to get involved in, in any sexually related practice, there's going to be a lot of people out oh, there God, yeah, yeah. that can take I mean, advantage. I, I feel like it's like that for almost, almost any, especially anything in like the new age community. Like you really have to do your homework to make sure that this is the real deal and that you don't get roped into a sex cult. Yeah. <laughs> It's just so easy to fall into a sex cult nowadays. Right? 
(laughs) (laughs) But it's not just that. I mean, I think that people, um, if you've like researched even how to become a tantric practitioner, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And a lot of times you have to travel across the globe to remote locations and you really don't know these people's credentials. So there are some really great teachers out there, but you really, really need to do your legwork before committing all that time and money. And I've heard horror stories, not just in like tantric kind of things, but in yoga, like I think there was actually a yoga documentary on, was it Bikram yoga? Oh yeah. Bikram yoga. Bikram yoga is really sketchy. (laughs) See, that is not a sentence that would you would even think to say, but that's where we're at. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And so a lot of females especially would kind of go over there in a very trusting way. They'd be very young and, you know, these gurus would take advantage of them and basically do whatever they wanted with them. And it was just a very like rough environment. So Mm -hmm. yeah. So anyways, the, the tantric kind of sector is also like that and you have to be very careful. So anyways, it's kind of though about creating intimacy, connecting with yourself, connecting with the universe through your body, through the physical world and achieving enlightenment through the physical realm, meeting kind of the the non-physical realm. And that's kind of <laughs> it's kind of weird cuz and I was looking because feng shui is actually related to this too, which you wouldn't think. But there, I was reading the background on the feng shui that is connected to this. And there were so many like different kind of phases it went through and places it migrated and different kind of traditions it picked up along the way. And so uh, Tantra is kind of like that too. So it originated in the East, uh, particularly in India, but it's basically kind of represents the union of feminine and masculine energy. And yeah, there's two strain, two main strains, Hindu tantris- tantrism and Tibetan tantrism. And so I think the feng shui is more related to Tibetan tantrism, but I'll double check that. So it kind of was like the pendulum swinging because when you go through kind of the traditional kind of Buddhist experience with meditation and working to attain enlightenment. And the way to do that is through this kind of ascetic lifestyle. And that only by kind of sacrificing worldly pleasures, a comfortable life, relationships to some extent. I mean, the ones that really attained enlightenment were like alone, you know, Mm -hmm. under a tree, not eating, not moving. (laughs) And so this was kind of the pendulum swinging the other way going, you know, that's all well and good, but we live in the world and, you know, you can't, how can you be a spiritual being when you actually have to still make a living and have a family and take care of things? You know, I don't have the time or the energy or the inclination even because, you know, a lot of people don't want to give up things like sex and that is the more ascetic someone becomes, you know, that is one of the side effects of that. Well, that's the thing with sometimes people who are like 
get very like into certain spiritual practices is that they end up sort of like living in their crown chakra and completely ignoring their root. Yes. Yeah. And that's what that's why Tantra is so awesome, because it kind of is the way to unify those two areas and kind of like say, hey, everybody can exist together. You need you need them both. It's the 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 yin and the yang, you know, it's just um so the the tantricas, which are the name for tantric yogis, believe that most of the human suffering arises from the mistaken concept of separation. And instead, um, kind of look to celebrate the senses and mundane life and try to achieve enlightenment through the mundane almost, mm -hmm. if that sound makes sense. So there's that. But it, it definitely is a more realistic approach to because it still incorporates a lot of the same kinds of things, meditation um, involving the, sh the chakras and other things, but it's. And, you know, working towards enlightenment, but it's a very kind of accessible way to do that. Well, then I was also, because this goes back to what I was like saying about um, classical versus neo-tantra, um, is that um, from what I was reading, because like uh, one of the articles that you sent me, um, which one was it? Oh, the, um, the difference between uh, Kundalini and Tantra. And I was just reading about it and it was just like so deeply spiritual. I was just like, oh my goodness, this is way beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think that that would be considered classical, uh, classical Tantra where it's like, it's not even about sex. It's just like, trying to get to this higher power and that it would be something that would be i feel like i need to start like a segment called um virgo lass's buzzkill corner <laughs> where i talk about like things like appropriation and like not fun things like that but yeah but i mean i think that basically classical tantra would be considered a closed practice because it's like you have to like study with a guru and not like some guru in a yoga studio that you find in like, you know, um, LA or something like that. Like, no, we're talking about like an actual, like, you know, guru in like India or Tibet or something like that. And you have to go through an initiation. Uh, you have to like, you can't get to the sex stuff until like, until you're prepared. Like you have to go through all sorts of different things before you get to the sex stuff. And then it's probably not even going to be about sex for you. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to talk about that. Cause I actually like, you know, when you're really working to kind of attain enlightenment through sexual activity, it's, it's like the guys don't come like they, they do come, but like they don't. And so it's just kind of like how you, you kind of build it up in your body and express it through, you know, kind of harnessing that sexual power. And it's, you need a lot of training to be able to get there. Uh, but the, the word Tantra, it, it's kind of, it interweaves a lot of different practices and it basically, well, I think that's like, but that was like, I think where Neo-Tantra comes from, because like, that's like, I think more of like the spinoff of classical Tantra that is like more accessible where, um, like, 
you could just like read a bunch of books and do it yourself. You know, like you don't have to be initiated into it. You know, you can find your own guru who works at the local yoga studio. <laughs> but like, because Neo basically means new. And by new, we're talking like 150 years old. Yeah. I mean, I think that what, what they pretty much say is that, you know, it's, there's all these, well, I'll, I'll get there, but it, it's basically the Westerners who came over and visited and then they tried some things and they, the, their biggest takeaway was the sex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that. <laughs> Appropriation, <We> everybody. <laughs> we, we go over to other countries. We want our, our uh, McDonald's five times as big and we want some. Um, <laughs> we want your, we have come for your spices and your sex. Yeah, all the sex. Um, Load them up in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> basically tantra i it comes from from you know this huge kind of lineage and so there there were a lot of things kind of woven together and you will see that as well with like uh tantric buddhism and how that evolved and i actually might read part of that later but uh but basically what the basis of tantra is like nothing exists that is not divine and that kind of then brings it into you know your body is holy your body is a temple and you can express you know your own enlightenment through your sexuality which is a very empowering kind of thought oh i, I should probably say something there i was like drinking my drink i'm like yes, no, it's it okay yes it is my chick <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, enlightenment, and it's not like like you know, you're not like a dirty little girl at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, it's all about enlightenment. Uh, but basically, it's kind of unifying the the Shiva and the Shakti, and kind of that. I know when we're talking about the Kundalini Yoga versus the the Tantric Yoga, it's the Shakti is kind of that un seen force that that needs to be tapped still it's the potential i think of prana and um but it's kind of like unifying masculine and feminine within the body and kind of acknowledging and expressing the duality and that's why it's such an all-encompassing kind of practice you're not like forgoing everything you are like bringing it in even closer you're letting it work together the way it's meant to and that's why i really love it um and i i mean i did kind of traditional Buddhist practices for for a number of years and I kind of just fell away from it a little bit because I felt like I couldn't identify with it anymore because mm. I you know I'm a physical being having a you know I'm a, a spiritual being having a human experience and part of being human is yeah and so tantra not only does it kind of talk about sex and and you know different sexual practices but it's also just a sensual practices about kind of like reconnecting with your body surrendering to the process and it's very very helpful for people who've been through trauma sexual trauma or trauma of any sort really uh and that is actually one of the things like kundalini is like the active form <laughs> you can have, you know, the the active in your face form. And they they say that kundalini yoga is best for people who don't have a history of trauma. If you're going to kind of like activate your Shakti in a very like hands-on way that's 
I mean, there's a lot of chanting and grunting and all sorts of like, there can be stomping. <laughs> it's yeah, a very- I, I feel like that's like why I never got into Kundalini yoga because like, I'm an introvert and like, we don't like to chant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with the chanting. Except that, like, it was just very, like, I mean, there was drumming, it was very loud, at least my experience of it. And, uh, of course, especially being in the West, there's going to be a million forms of it. But the the kind that I, I took part in, it was interesting, it was fun, but it was also very jarring for me. Mm-hmm. So um, this is just kind of, like, connecting to your own body and being okay with it and experiencing it as a wondrous place and a a place of divine energy instead of kind of like hating yourself or whatever. So I think it can be very healing for people who aren't in touch with their bodies or who have issues with like any type of sexual dysfunction or things like that. Yeah, I I think that because I could see that just being like a very healing experience. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's (laughs) there's a lot to it, but it's just it it's very slow. It's very subtle. Um, You're working with very um, kind of like very subtle energies. And it just it you have to like really quiet yourself and pay attention, whether you're working just with yourself or someone else. So, and then they talk about two main branches and this is kind of where they, they split off. So you have the, the right hand or the white Tantra, and this kind of includes things such as asceticism and meditation. And it's, that's kind of the traditional Tibetan Buddhists and then Kundalini and Kriya yoga. Those are all like right-handed paths. And then you have the left hand and it's funny because I am (laughs) left-handed or red Tantra. And that involves the sexual contact between love partners and also the use of alcohol and other intoxicants, which I don't know if you are familiar with this, but if you are going to take the precepts as kind of like, if you go into Buddhism it's uh you you have to forego alcohol and drugs oh yeah i i know about that so yeah i am not a buddhist (laughs) i that's kind of what stopped me actually from taking the precepts because i'm like you know i am not going to stop drinking (laughs) i I want to feed that root chakra I just I, I want to pretend that i can rise above but i can't uh it's but that's why uh white tantra is very helpful for people who are kind of going through recovery mm. and who can't and don't want to be exposed to alcohol anymore. It's it's a really nice kind of self-affirming way to make that an important factor of your practice. Uh, but yeah, so I took the left-handed path. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, everybody through the e- eons is kind of I mean, evolved. I, I guess if you even think about it, like, yeah, that's like basically what like classical Tantra and Neo-Tantra, like just right there. It's like right hand, left hand. <gasps> well, I mean, Red Tantra is, is is old too. It's just the the question of whether it was like, whether it's western tantra versus you know the eastern tantra kind Mm of what happened over here but um so both paths can lead to 
enlightenment but the left left hand path and i thought this was kind of funny is considered to be faster and more dangerous <laughs> <laughs> we like danger <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so there's a lot of uh interesting stuff though from this website it's it's definitely one to check out i think that definitely um i'll put a link on there and we kind of already then talked about the kundalini stuff. I don't know if we really need to get into that more, but it is, if you're feeling blocked, I guess, and you need a way to kind of like reconnect with life and you wanted something that was more kind of in your face or hands-on or more active, then I would say, you know, try kundalini yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, if, um, like the yoga on YouTube isn't doing it for you, then maybe <laughs> you want something that's like, just like a little bit more powerful. <laughs> Give me the power in my yoga. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to grunt. <laughs> it's not making me grunt. Why am I doing it? Okay. Just, yeah. Well, and I did, I, I was, there was this this woman who taught it and she was probably my age or younger at the time. And this was, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think like over a decade ago. So 25, 30 years old she was. And she had studied in India and she had a guru and she was like really into Kali. And she ended up having like this statue ship from India that was four or five feet tall of Kali. Ooh. Yeah. And that Kali, if if you don't know about her, I mean, she's a hardcore goddess. <laughs> yeah, yes, she is. Death, destruction, rebirth, uh huh, all that jazz. So, but she's yeah. she you, will have sex with you and like bite off your head just like a praying mantis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of amazing. But and she's she's kind of depicted that way. So uh, anybody who wants to Google images of Kali, but uh, she is kind of, and I think she has her tongue out. She yeah. looks real scary. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of, you cool. know what? Sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you got to put on your resting bitch face, to keep <laughs> everybody away and have them thought, tell you to smile. <laughs> oh my God. So true. So, uh, <laughs> try and tell Kalita to smile. I fucking dare you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Tantra, it can be practiced. And, and this is more kind of the <laughs> the sexual parts. I, I it's hard to actually find there's there's people you can train with. There's a whole bunch of websites, and I'll see if I can link some of different, you know, you can get certified as a tantric practitioner if you wanted. Uh it takes years and years and oodles of money, but you can do it. Uh in California, if you are in California, I think that there's a it's probably way easier to get in touch with people and get yourself into a certification program. Um, I believe that they can actually do some of the like Yoni massages and Lingam massages as part of kind of a, they can in California. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that's interesting to me because I'm an esthetician and being an esthetician in California is way more regulated, but, oh, okay. You can become a certified, um, tantra instructor and do yoni massages. Okay. Well, that's just good, good to know. <laughs> don't, don't quote me on it, but they have like, they do, they have sexual surrogates there. They have, um, intimacy coaching there where I believe that you can 
if you're having issues with sexual dysfunction or that sort of thing, you can work with someone to kind of solve that. There's yeah, a lot you can't of, do, but you can't do a lash tint. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a lot in that lash tint? Cause you know how they feel about Latin California. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you use something that's plant-based. <laughs> so don't quote me. And if anybody uh, lives in California and wants to kind of connect with me, and, you know, give me more information about kind of what's allowed, what's not. I would love to hear it. But from my research, as far as other things, I believe that you can make an appointment with someone and kind of schedule a massage. And it's a different type of massage. And there are different regulations with that. But yeah, so it's apparently really helpful because I think I read a blog po post on it somewhere. Uh, really helpful if you are trying to like detox after a relationship or kind of get back in touch with your own kind of sexual issues. Uh, I can totally really see that. Yeah, because I mean, if you're, you know, trying to come out of like some crappy relationship or something, just being like, okay, this is something that I am doing for myself. This is 100% my own pleasure. Yeah, that doesn't like isn't involved in somebody else's. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think that it's it can be really healing. And the person had a really good experience from the blog post. I wish I could remember where I read it. But anyways, if you are struggling, and you would like to take a trip out to California, you might be able to get some help for yourself there that you might not be able to find in yeah. other places. Yeah, except you can't get a last chance. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, you get a yoni massage. There's also, I'm just going to bring this up. I don't know how related this is. There's a temple in in Denver, Colorado, I believe, where it kind of, it's to the goddess and you can actually like have like experiences there. I think it's on Sundays and you kind of like as a group go through some tantric practices or something got kind of yoni worship or goddess worship i'll see if i can find it but <laughs> that one that would be interesting to kind of check out if i'm ever in colorado i would like to see how that works yeah yeah definitely i mean i don't know what i'm gonna mean call i don't know when i'm gonna like travel in general <laughs> 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 I'm trying to Google it right now, but uh, wouldn't that be an interesting field trip for our for our podcast to take someday? Oh my god! Okay, so it's called it's Sutra Healing Center, um, at, and I don't know if there's two different places or what because now I'm it might be a thing. I don't know. Temple of the Sacred Feminine in Boulder, Colorado. Oh, I love that. Yes, and. I think Colorado has different rules too, because I'm looking and there's actually at the Sutra Healing Center, there's a link for sensual massage in Colorado Springs at the Sutra Healing Center. Oh my God. Okay. So, <laughs> so like people, please like promote our podcast so we get more popular <laughs> because we have plans. We're going to like go to Salem. We're going to go and we're going to take like a haunted Pub pub tour, and we are gonna go to Colorado and get sensual tantric massages. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, it. I'm trying to see if there's a a link to click on for here. Let me see. Sacred sexual healing. 
And this is at the Sutra Healing Center in, where is this? It's in Colorado. <sighs> wow. Yeah, <laughs> I just have to say there's there's a lot here to take in. So very interesting, very cool. And I'm trying to see if I can click on the other one. Temple of the Sacred Feminine. I believe I looked at this once before. And I think that there's, I think there's like a weekly touching the fire of the sacred feminine. That's a workshop. But I, I think that there's like some sort of like weekly thing, unless it's somewhere else. But I do have to say that Colorado definitely has stuff going on. <laughs> yep. So if Colorado you does, if you can't make it all the way to California, then yeah. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I'm missing the link. I can't find the link that I found before, but there might be, it looks like there's actually more than a couple places. So it just might be that. Oh my goodness. Okay. I, I, I'm looking at the website right now. I, I just clicked on couples Tantra class. It's like classes, learn how to give your lover a full body on body experience. Learn the art of the body slide. Mm. Oh, cuddle sections, cuddle sessions. Are you in need of some physical affection, but have no one to turn to, or do you just want to distrust and feel better? Anyway, platonic cuddle work might be something you are looking for. Ooh. All right. So we're just going to like jump into a big old cuddle pile. Oh, yeah. oh my God. They have those, or they used to before the pandemic, even out in the Chicagoland area, they had cuddle parties. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Like um, Virgo Lad and I were invited to a cuddle party to a cuddle party once and we were just like no <laughs> I just we're, we're, we're not very cuddly we're introverts we like our we were like a personal space hi <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I I definitely I have to say that I've gone to some interesting things over the years because I my curiosity my my Aquarius moon just like is like gotta check that out gotta watch that gotta try that woo but um yeah I would I would definitely try I would check one out I would check out a cuddle party I don't know how I would fare but I would definitely try try one out I feel like you're more of like an extra slash amber ambervert. So <laughs> I, I, I think that you could, I think you could do a cuddle party. I actually like, I, I feel like I could do a cuddle party, but I would have to know everyone there. Like, I mean, oh, I would have yeah, to like no. intimately know everybody. Like it would have to be like a theme party that my friends threw. <laughs> But like my would... friends like with Ro, like, you know, all right, like the theme is cuddle. Everybody come and we're just going to cuddle. This might actually be a thing like after the pandemic, uh, <laughs> quite possibly. <laughs> See, I don't know. I think I'd have to do it with strangers. I don't know. <laughs> Plus, I bond with people like almost instantaneously. Yeah, you do. You're an extrovert. <laughs> Aquarius moon. <laughs> no, I know. I'm like after five minutes. Not that I would. Like if you guys threw a cuddle party, I, I would go. But I have to say that I think sometimes, depending on who's there, if you're like, ooh, if you know everybody there and you know a certain person's backstory, then like maybe you don't feel as free because you're worried about freaking that person out or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, then you add in this other person that you know has this issue and then blah, blah, blah. Or something I, like that. There's that. But on the other hand, it's like, but they're also like people that you feel safe with. True. 
Yeah, I don't worry about that. No, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, there's actually a test that you can take. And it kind of will like tell you, I'll have to like, see if I can find it again. Um, like how, what your kinks are and how, like if you're an exhibitionist or not and all these other factors, it was actually kind of interesting, but I scored very high on exhibitionism. (laughs) 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 Okay. I I, I think I would score like on different things. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's a that's a whole nother episode right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god, that would be really funny. Both take the test, and then we'll just go through our results. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my gosh, because there were a number of kinks listed on there, and it would be interesting. Like, do you have this one? No. Do you have that one? A little bit. What percentage? Blah blah blah. <laughs> All right. So, kind of the the biggest things in tantra are you know breath practices and connecting your heart in different ways and then you have kind of the more sensual sexual things like there's a lot of like nakedness naked cuddling nakedness (laughs) being comfortable with your body there's a lot of you know spending time with your own body and then kind of spending time with a partner. So, right. But that's the thing is that you don't necessarily have to like do this with a partner. Like, I mean, uh, you, I mean, you can do this with yourself and sometimes I feel like that's almost easier. Uh, maybe I'm just saying this because I'm an, I'm an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, and here's another like mind blowing element to all of this. And that is that BDSM and anything in the kink community can actually incorporate tantric principles. Oh, definitely. God, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you can kind of, whatever your background is, whatever, you can kind of infuse tantra into whatever kind of sexual expression you feel comfortable with. And I think that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyways, there, I'm just going to list a couple of breath practices and you can, there's a million places to look for this information, uh, even on YouTube, even free videos on people's websites. I, I'm going to link everything that I can within reason. This is actually coming from healthline.com, but I've used so many sources in the past. Uh, so a couple of the breath ones are, and I'm trying to see if this one is linked here or not because there's one where you kind of breathe up your body and you breathe down your body and that one's pretty cool and it it actually I found it um where was it it might have been on insight timer but you might be able to find it on youtube also (sighs) I'll see if I can find that one that one is was actually really really helpful and it actually like really invigorates you and gets you all tingly it's kind of weird (laughs) but you're kind of like breathing a circuit i think i think they call it circuit breathing is it kind of like um like when you do like the fire belly no that's different and that is an integral part as well of tatantra the fire belly because you know that's the way that humans were supposed to breathe but nobody does because everybody's so anxious in this culture but trying to force the breath down into the lower belly and really expand the belly and then 
kind of breathe it back out. It's it takes a lot of it's almost like a workout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's actually is something like I guess I have back problems. So <laughs> that is something that my chiropractor really stresses is that yeah, you have to like breathe into like, you know, like down into the lower belly instead of like, you know, like up in your chest like most people do. Because that is going to get the oxygen into the muscles that are hurting right now. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So it's like you have to like breathe into your lower belly and then kind of like, you know, contract with your ribs. Yeah, it's a whole to do. I mean, it's it's supposed to be like if you can practice it so much that you're that's your go to breathing technique, then like that's amazing. Like if you can actually like do it enough where you're just comfortably breathing like that all the time. But people they they say babies breathe that way. But then people start getting more aware of themselves and of like this society watching them and judging them and they become more anxious and then yeah. poof. Yep. It goes away. Uh this one is called the stimulating breath. And so this one, you just kind of close your eyes and soften your belly, and then you inhale and exhale quickly through your nose, keeping your mouth closed. Mm -hmm. And you try three in and out breaths per second for 15 seconds, and then you breathe normally after the cycle ends, and you try again for 20 seconds, increasing by five seconds until you reach one full minute, which can be difficult for some people, especially at first. So, uh, but some of these are taken from mindfulness as well. I mean, there's a lot of overlap and there's a lot of meditation in, um, Tantra. It's just kind of being aware of your body. Uh, the four, seven, eight breath I recognize from mindfulness. Right. Uh, but you can release tension, relax, and you can try this technique while sitting across from your partner. So you can synchronize your breath because a lot of Tantra is synchronizing your breathing together because then you kind of are unifying the masculine and feminine and becoming like one body. And that happens more when your breath is synchronized. So you exhale through your mouth and then you close your mouth, inhale quietly through your nose to a mental count of four you hold your breath for a count of seven, you exhale through your mouth completely to a count of eight, and you repeat the cycle three more times for a total of four breaths. So <laughs> it's a lot to remember. That's why I think uh, I would probably advise guided meditations at first, uh, even if you kind of put it Are on sexy guided meditations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's where do I find them? <laughs> there's actually one I was watching today on the Yoni Egg. Actually, wait, wait, what's it called? The Yoni Egg. The Yoni Egg. <laughs> it's um, you. Know, one of the tantric practices is using this egg that you kind of put inside you, and so it's almost kind of like a Kegel situation. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The eggs, like um, yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow is a fan. Yes. So, and they're very like similar, I guess, to Ben Wobbles too. But, yeah. um, so, but there's a string attached. You should tie a string. And I, I think the jade egg is, eggs are the big thing, but you got to make sure to boil them first to, to make sure you don't get anything weird. But yeah, yeah. You have to make sure that your egg isn't porous. Yeah. <laughs> Just, <laughs> that's a sentence you don't hear every day. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you then kind of, 
are going to, there's like a whole like half hour kind of meditation thing with it. And just a whole kind of yoga practice where you're kind of tilting your pelvis in different positions and you're kind of like doing different things. So that was, that was definitely more kind of sensual. Um, Speaking of like Gwyneth Paltrow, that like just reminded me of, um, like, did you watch Gwyneth Paltrow's like, um, Goop show on Netflix? Yes. Well, I've seen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I almost don't want to like own up to it because I'm like, yeah, I saw it. I know, right? Now. I know, right? Like, no, I, I I watched it the minute it dropped because as soon as I saw it, I was just like, oh my God, I am so fucking watching this. <laughs> <laughs> and it was almost more like a, like a hate watch because, you know, it's Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but of all of those episodes, the best one was the sex episode because they had Betty Dodson on it. And Betty Dodson is this sex therapist who has been doing it since the 60s and she is amazing and the one thing that they were like she talked about was she calls it the rock and roller like just like this way of like moving your hips during sex or like you know masturbation or whatever and i think that like Quentin Paltrow, like whoever is like her co-editor from goop was just like oh you mean like side to side like this and it's like no no, woman, have you ever had sex? <laughs> side to side like this. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, it's uh, that that woman was funny that she definitely I enjoyed her joie de vivre. <laughs> I, I also I, I remember one of my favorite parts was Gwyneth talking about how like when she was younger and she was in her 20s and it was just all about the guy and I was just like translation never had an orgasm with Brad Pitt or Ben Affleck oh god <laughs> that's so crazy <laughs> um okay I think I found some things that might be there's like so many like things that are kind of beginner if there's like a beginner tantra uh I, I mean there's gotta the, be a beginner like I mean no there yeah. is yeah you gotta wait in yeah there's things that you know everybody kind of does at first and they're kind of like the starting the the building blocks or whatever but this was the breath I was looking for um and it's they it's called the microcosmic orbit okay and i think this is the one that i found on a guided meditation and i'll see if i can find the link sometimes if you're going through insight timer you can't like grab a link and add it in i mean i might be able to find it on insight timer and just say what the title of it is but um on this website which is a brighterwild.com they're calling it the microcosmic orbit and I could have sworn I heard it referred to in a different way too, but I could be wrong. And so it's a flow of energy through the meridian channels up the back and spine and down the front of the body. There are two gates in this orbit, the root lock, uh, which is kind of like doing a kegel and the fire point with the tongue resting on the roof of the mouth, just behind the front teeth. As you breathe, and that's almost like fire breathing and yeah, stuff. Um, and I think I remember that. That actually is like, you know, how I usually like breathe during meditations is um, I'm able to slow it down by and get really get into that belly breathing by like, yeah, like putting my tongue on, like, the, on the roof of my mouth. Yeah. And it's actually 
pretty popular with like kundalini yoga as well. I remember doing it there. But um, so as you breathe, you inhale the energy up the back and you exhale it gently down the front. And so the energy, <laughs> this is where it gets a little crazy. The energy kind of, you can feel it move and you're doing like a loop. So it goes, you know, I'm trying to, okay. So it goes up your back. It's going down your head, like going down your face, going down the front of your body. And then it caresses your genitals and your root chakra. And then it comes back up the backside. And so like, it's just energy. I know it, but like, if you do that enough, you actually get kind of like exhilarated, a little turned on. It's interesting. I, I just did that for two breaths. It was kind of amazing. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So it says the root lock breath hold is pretty simple. You take a deep breath, visualizing energy coming up the spine, up through the chakras to reach your crown. At the top of the breath, squeeze your pelvic muscles and hold both the breath and the root lock for five to 10 seconds, depending on your comfort level, and do this at least 10 times. So that gets pretty hot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that being moment. <laughs> Yeah, this tantric stuff is, is uh, it, it's fun. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, Virgo, lad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get over here. Uh, we, we, we have to try this for science. <laughs> But that, and so like, if you sit there and you hold hands even, and you kind of, you can kind of do several things at once. So then you have the tantric eye gazing, which is like, oh God, the you gazing. have to do the gazing. <laughs> uh, they, this person actually suggests to try it with yourself in a mirror first. So, because it's kind of like you have to work past the whole social weirdness of looking at someone for more than two seconds. I feel like this is something you can maybe do. Like if you just, you just started dating someone like, you know, like you're in that moment where like, you're just all consumed by them. Like you, you just, you like have to like. You stare at them so hard, you want to get inside of them. But like when you've been for someone with like for like twenty years, it's like <laughs> it, 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 it's hard to do that without just like laughing. <laughs> it is. It's a little weird. Um, which I think this uh, adding in kind of breath play will make that easier because then you have something to focus on. So yes. yeah, okay, yeah. There, yeah. There's that. If you, because there, you can just do the the sitting, you know, cross-legged, facing each other, and there's different ways to do it. So I, there's one way where you you cross your hands over each other and you like link hands. So you can do it that way. But there's also like the hand on the heart. So one person, you oh, know, puts, God, also so weird when you've been together for twenty years. It's, it's very weird. But then, so if you kind of then do the breathing with the hand on the heart, that that's another way to do it. Or you can just kind of link hands. And then if you both do like the microcosmic kind of orbit breathing, then that might help because you'd have something to kind of focus on, but try to like get yourselves in sync as far as breathing. Mm -hmm. <sighs> uh, but anyways, just a warning. 
even just eye gazing without anything else uh, can tend to make people have extreme emotions or purge emotions, cry, blush, laugh, um, have different kinds of even mental or emotional breakthroughs. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too, is that like, especially if you're a neurodivergent, like eye contact is a really difficult thing. Like oh, eye I didn't contact think about can that. actually like, hurt if you're like anywhere on the spectrum so maybe um if there's a way to kind of like i remember even in like corporate the corporate world where it was kind of um reasonable accommodations <laughs> maybe you find the reasonable accommodation for some of these things like eye gazing but not for so long or maybe eye gazing for you know 30 seconds at a time take a break maybe do some breathing, then try again and see if you feel more comfortable with that. Do you think that might work? Maybe, or like maybe if you just like, I mean, I, I kind of feel like it would just be like super hot to just, just like have your arms around each other and just like, like just be like, kind of just like resting each other's heads on each other's shoulders, eyes closed and just breathing together. Like, I feel like that would be, like, just as extremely intimate as any sort of eye contact. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's definitely on a couple-by-couple couple basis. And definitely, if the eye contact is going to be, like, going to yeah, like, kill the moment. <laughs> yeah, like, if, if it's a problem, like, it's okay. Screw the eye contact. <laughs> Make your own rules. <laughs> you're, you're walking dangerously close to the Outback Steakhouse now. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Now I've, I've lost my, there's so many. Okay. So then the, one of the other big ones is kind of, there's two levels to this tantric massage stuff. You have the personal level where you're just kind of working with yourself and your own energy. And a lot of Tantra is trying to like figure out what feels right to you, getting comfortable in your own skin, feeling out, you know, different body parts, what is kind of a turn off for you and just like really embracing who you are, um, exploring areas where maybe you've avoided touching in the past because of past shame or guilt or trauma, and really just very lightly, very gently kind of exploring. And you want to do that on your own first, especially if you have trauma in your background. And then when you work with someone else, then you want to make sure that you have a like a very high degree of trust with that person before engaging in anything like this because it's not just physical it's a physical way to connect with energy and intangible things and and anything that's locked in the body that is good or bad is going to come out and so you want to make sure that you are safe in that environment with somebody that cares about you Right. I mean, it's kind of like what in yoga when you do hip openers. <laughs> but like, no, seriously, like that unlocks a lot, a lot of emotions. Sometimes. True. Yeah. No, you're right. Hip openers. You're right. I didn't even think about that. That's that's more like what the yin yoga. Yeah. And restorative, I guess. And I know they're not the same thing, but they do. They do have some overlap. Mm hmm. Uh, so anyways, if you're going to then go on to the, the Yoni and the Lingam massages, it's, there's a ton of 
videos on this information, you know, to really kind of drill down and give you the exact process. I'm just going to kind of like highlight. <laughs> I'm going to give you the, the highlights. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I think even in this blog post, they're saying that you can find instructions for these things out there on the web if you need more guidance. Okay. So, and basically, yeah, they're saying the same thing. I'll give you the basics that can be applied to any gender. So I'm actually going to kind of just read what she writes because it's, it's pretty well done, but uh, set the mood like you would for a professional massage spa session or, you know, being intimate with each other. <laughs> That's work for me. <laughs> Don't bring your work home. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. All right. So just let, let everything lay about. <laughs> Don't bother with candles. <laughs> uh, whatever makes you feel comfortable. If you if you need to put cinnamon rolls in the oven to feel sexy, then do that. <laughs> just keep a timer going. <laughs> Don't burn those things. Don't burn it. <laughs> But basically, you want the room to be comfortable. You want it to be a good temperature. Uh, temperature is actually a big part of this because it's supposed to engage all your senses. So you want it to smell nice. Don't do a smell that you think is going to be kind of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like kind you of think it's going to be sexy and then it's not. Or just, you know, like, oh, we're doing Tantra. We should do, you know, patchouli. Oh, or, yeah, we have to do patchouli. <laughs> or um, what's that? Ylang ylang. Ylang ylang. Goddamn ylang ylang. Yeah, that, that, you know, pick the smell that makes you feel sexy and sensual, not the one that you think goes with what you're doing. Because I think sometimes people who haven't done it before are trying to, like, get it as, you know, in, you know, in line with it as possible. And it's just, no, 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 no. Mine is, I like vanilla. I like vanilla and I like cinnamon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Call me old school. <laughs> I'm pretty basic. I like anything that smells like a cookie. <laughs> if there's a chocolate chip cookie, I will do that too. <laughs> but anyways, so you want the room to be a good temperature, not too hot, not too cold, very Goldilocks. You don't want fans blowing on you unless you really like that sort of thing. Yeah, I do not. And you want to make sure that you have the time taken out to do this. You want to make sure that, you know, you don't have people looking in on you or interrupting you. Unless you're into it. Unless you're into it. <laughs> Unless that's part of your relationship situation. Uh, but basically you kind of begin by stroking each other's arms, legs, chest. And so you kind of work your way inward almost like you don't start with the goods. <laughs> <laughs> you don't just jump right on in there. You want to kind of create that sensual experience and kind of reconnect with the body parts that don't get enough love. I mean, mm -hmm. literally, literally, but, uh, the shoulders back. That's true. Like, I mean, I feel like my inner arms can be more of an erogenous zone than my breasts. Okay. See, the, okay. I have a question for you then because mine is the back of my neck. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I have definitely had reactions just from the back of the neck. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, I mean, not everything is, is, is in one localized yeah, area. Like, right. Like, just like, get creative don't go straight for the nipples oh god i hate that it's like you know <laughs> 
It's like somebody's at a buffet and the dessert's at the end and maybe there's some meat in the middle that everybody really wants. And so they're like pushing people out of the way. They grab their silverware. They, you know, maybe get a hunk of fruit just to say that they're trying to be healthy. And then they push everyone to get to the meat and then the dessert. And like everything else is just kind of like thrown around or ignored. No, just enjoy the entire buffet. Yeah. In order. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Get some salad. <laughs> Get a dinner roll. <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing. Now I'm low carb, but <laughs> Man, see, I, I say enjoy your carbs. <laughs> it's yeah. naughty and forbidden. Ooh, ooh, okay. So this is part of my fantasy then. There is a dinner roll in my <laughs> yep. Don't deny yourself a dinner roll in your fantasies. Uh, I actually really like the corn muffins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so hot. <laughs> but yeah, you start off with the salad. Your arms are the salad, okay? Don't ignore the salad. Nobody in the buffet puts the carrot cake. If you're into that sort of thing, I actually would probably put the, the chocolate lava cake, cake at the beginning of the buffet. That's not how it's done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But then you kind of, so you work your way inwards and then you kind of start stroking the more erogenous zones, the buttocks, the nipples, the inner thighs and the inner thighs. I think, um, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings on the inner thighs. <laughs> I mean, it can be good when it's leading to something. <laughs> it's kind of a tease really the inner thigh and i mean the, maybe... the inner thighs are a tease yeah <laughs> i mean everything else is pretty standalone like you can appreciate you know oh hey they grab my butt but like with the inner thigh it's like yeah and <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh see that's where the bdsm comes in <laughs> <laughs> true uh that definitely we're gonna have to touch on that no one intended and uh <laughs> yeah i know i can't help it in in uh i actually have a series of episodes that can incorporate parts of that because bdsm itself is just so I, there's a lot to that topic there you can't just put that in one box <laughs> no you can't but like oh, okay maybe sometimes you can try <laughs> <laughs> it really depends i guess on what you're into but depends yeah. on the box <laughs> <laughs> so if people like to be teased but i even if you like to be teased um at some points especially for this particular type of of um massage you want to kind of get somewhere so <sighs> Using a variety of different kind of touches, strokes, maybe more circular, maybe firmer, maybe softer kind of play around. And, you know, if you wanted to kind of incorporate ice cubes or that sort of thing, you could. I don't see why not. Right. I mean, if we're getting into like BDSM, then like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, handcuffs, like, um, uh, uh, feathers, just all of that sort of thing. Oh, feathers. Yeah, those I just have no patience for. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with me with a feather right now. <laughs> but no, people, some people really, really enjoy feathers. I can enjoy a feather in the right mood, but I really have to be in the right mood. I mean, it is like, I feel like all of this is about the right mood there. Like sometimes there are moods that you're in where you just want to go straight for that chocolate lava cake. 
<laughs> and then you're probably, that's when you need to kind of acknowledge that you're not in as much of a tantric place and just kind of own that. Because I think I even like heard something to that effect with the, the egg yoni massage or something. You actually ask your yoni like, hey, do you want this today? And if the yoni is like, no, and it refuses to go in, don't force it. Just honor that and like move on. Try again right. tomorrow or right. in a few days. So this is the same kind of situation. You have to be in the right frame of mind. And sometimes you think you are, and then you start doing it and you realize you're not, or your body shuts down because it's trying to protect itself and it's a practice. So just keep trying, you know, try it again in a couple of days or a week and get your body and your mind and everybody else on board used to trying these sorts of things. And it's a process. Eventually you'll get there. But so basically though, and this is where the videos can be helpful or more information because I know I'm not going to fully give this its due, but then you move on to the upper inner thigh, the hips, the perineum area, and slowly moving on to the genitals themselves. So mm -hmm. depending on, you know, whether you're doing a lingam massage, a yoni massage, you are taking a lot of time to just very delicately touch. And so it's not strictly about having a climax, but if this happens, that's okay. But now this person's saying, um, after a while, only if you truly want to, you can proceed to have an orgasm. But if you're really trying to practice this, to kind of open the channels and stuff, you want to try to not have one at least once or twice and try to um, practice the orgasm delay and control, which is hard. Right, exactly. I mean, I mean, I feel like it's just kind of a lot like, again, going back to BDSM, it's a lot like edging. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of this kind of plays hand in hand with each other and yeah. um, and i mean and also like this like especially okay if you have a lingam then um it helps you to just last a lot longer if you have a yoni it helps you to achieve multiple orgasms mm. and not just that i mean i think that it can be like it can be healing in different ways for, so say like, you know, you're a guy, I think that it could be really effective for working through like erectile dysfunction or things like that, because, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, I don't think there's a lot of like shame locked up in the body and that really does prevent a lot of things to happen. You need to like work on, you know, accepting yourself and work through that and then kind of working through that acceptance through someone else's kind of loving eyes and perspective. Um, it can help release a lot and it's a wonderful thing. I think for women, aside from multiple orgasm orgasms, which I think are, you know, that's a really wonderful goal to work towards if somebody is not already multi-orgasmic. But it's also, you know, about unlocking trauma, about reabsorbing that energy into your own sense of self and your own body and some people, whether they've had trauma in their life or not, maybe they are too stuck in their heads. And so they may not even get wet that easily. And so like these kinds of practices can just help you get used to your own body, get your body used to the process in a very like accepting way. 
Right. Also, I mean, I'm going to throw it out there that if somebody is has almost like kind of like a sex addiction, you know, like where if somebody is like almost kind of like hypersexualized and everything is just about like, you know, king, king, king. Like, oh, I did this with this guy. I did this with that girl. You know, it's like um, just kind of like the sex over the emotion, like always, where like the sex is almost like the thing helping you to feel. I yeah. mean, like this is almost like the antithesis of that, where like, you know, <laughs> usually it's like, oh, I did this position. I did that kink. We did this. We did that. Like bragging about it. But it's like, okay. We are slowing this down now. We are like, <laughs> this is actually like, you're like, okay, okay. Like, yeah, you can do like the super kinky thing, but can you gaze into somebody's eyes? <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. Can you stay still? Can you be subtle? Can you feel like that energetic snake going up your spine? Yeah, like, you can be I mean, vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, can you be vulnerable with somebody? And even just being vulnerable with yourself, like a lot of this still goes back to your own practice with yourself and allowing yourself to feel feelings that you may have blocked off for a long, long time. And that takes courage and it's a brave thing. And so, I mean, I think that this type of practice, if you can find a support system, if you can find a group to connect with, whether you train under a guru um, or a teacher, or if you're just trying to like walk this path on your own, I mean, there's a ton of literature out there and a, a ton of videos that can kind of help you with that. But I, I think com connecting with some sort of community for support might be a good idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's almost kind of like, it can just be hard to navigate these things on your own sometimes. <laughs> That is so true. Um, but I, anyways, this kind of stuff though, it it can help unblock you, not just sexually, but also just in life. It can help your you to kind of access your creativity if you've been kind of stagnant with that. Um, it can help you just more sensually experience the world. So even if you've been having issues with eating, like if you've been on a diet, or whatever, and you feel like you've been sacrificing and you've cut out all the tasty food and all you've got now is like rabbit food. <laughs> <laughs> um, a practice like Tantra can help you really kind of slow down and appreciate the subtle flavors and textures in the food and just the subtle smells around you and how things feel. There's a ton of different meditations for just taking in how even the clothes that you're wearing feel on your body or how putting on a soft sweater can feel or, you know, just all kinds of things. So, I mean, it, it really helps create awareness and helps ground you in this reality if you felt like you've been too caught up in your head and just really express yourself in the world. And I think especially like if people are depressed, uh, or even anxiety prone, like this type of practice can really help slow down and reconnect to the world around you and like be reassured that it's a, it's a happy, safe place. That's not out to get you all the time or that it's worth being in. Right. So I think that it's, it's a, just a really all around good, helpful way to reconnect with things. And yeah, I mean, especially like if you've been with somebody for a long time, 
it can kind of, I think you walk different paths sometimes or you grow apart or just you get caught up in your own things. And so these practices can help slow things down and, and reconnect to yourselves. Or sometimes, you know, you find that people aren't even sure they want to be together anymore. And it's more just that they've kind of lost sight of, you know, what kind of brings them together and to right. be able to take time to do that might actually save a few marriages. Right. Exactly. It's like, sometimes if you've been with someone for a very long time, it's kind of like, okay, so we, we've just gotten caught up with like, okay, the kids and work and, you know, like we can barely find two minutes to just bang it out. <laughs> I love that phrase. I have never heard that until like you said it. <laughs> wow. uh, you know, sometimes banging out can be really fun, but <laughs> sometimes you just want more of like an emotional connection. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I think cuddle parties would be kind of cool to check out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You heard it here first. Like, um, <laughs> Like, <laughs> spread the word of our podcast so we become more popular and then we can go to cuddle parties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All kinds of things. We'll just edit yeah. that <laughs> Well, and I still want to go to those. I'm going to have to find the temple. It was like some sort of goddess temple in uh, Colorado. But it, it, like, basically, yeah, it was, I think it was ladies only. But it was a whole goddess yoni worshiping session. And I want to say it was on Sundays, but don't. Yeah, me. Like, I, I mean, I wonder how that is now, like post pandemic. Like, are you just like cuddling all wearing masks and everything? Like, <laughs> do you like show your vaccination card? Like, I mean, I'm not cuddling with people who aren't vaccinated. I'm sorry, but <laughs> no, no, they don't. I don't think they have to cuddle, though. Like you can in that scenario, you can be on your own, but together, like just kind of ecstatically worshiping as the case may be. Ecstatically worshiping, uh, like with your vaccinations. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't <laughs> see, I'm going to like go out on a, a leg here and say um, there are free websites. And I don't know if you've noticed the trend of them sharing their um, intimate moments, but they're all wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> that does make sense. <sighs> so it's been a thing for a while. It's kind of yeah. crazy that we. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, a very different pandemic than what it was in the 80s. It's like <laughs> the masks are on your face now. <laughs> um yeah <laughs> oh my gosh but uh yeah so I don't know if like is there anything that we anything else we were gonna try to I guess I should probably cite some resources before we wrap up okay so two websites to check out there's well there's three there's two organizations I think you would call it well Tantra Nova, I think, is more, I don't know if it's technically an organization. It's it's a, a, a center, but that's in Chicago. And then, so that's tantranova.com. And there's also opencenter.org, which does a lot of different spiritual trainings. And that's in New York City. Tantra Nova's in Chicago. And then, let's see, there are... Uh, a book to check out, which is really great, Urban Tantra, the book. And I think it might have actually been written by this person, but don't quote me. Um, you can find that on Amazon. 
Amazon, see, I've been Amazon. saying tantra, tantra too much. Amazon. Uh, <laughs> I want a visual. Oh, okay. And we were going to talk about your comic also. Oh, yeah. Okay. So like talking about like um, Tantra, like it reminded me I was in my head and I was just like, okay, I read a comic once that had this really amazing scene that was all about tantric sex. And I like went into like our like, you know, Virgo Lad's in my, like, library. There's, like, Virgo Lad is a huge comic nerd. So, like, we have, like, a huge, like, a huge comic library. And I found it. It's Promethea by Alan Moore. Um, you want to get the uh, second volume. But honestly, like, this was basically Alan Moore's whole, like, series basically about sex in general. Like, I mean, he's got, like, like, explanations of um tarot cards in iambic pentameter like being like narrated by like two snakes and like nice. Alice, yeah alistair crowley like trying to like tell a joke and, <laughs> and like this in particular was about um like uh like goddess having tantric sex with like this dude and okay it's a little male gazy because like the dude is just this grizzled old dirty guy and like this this dirty little like apartment and dirty little like new york bed and everything like that and it's like okay yeah ellen moore i i i we get it yes you want to have sex with goddesses <laughs> but i mean but i mean one thing about ellen moore he knows his magic and uh, like it really like does kind of like get you into like even though it's like this goddess this gorgeous goddess like like having sex with like this grizzled little dude so that does nothing for us but <laughs> but like but I mean, like the magic in it is like really, really intense. The explanations are beautiful. And if you really want a visual of like this Kundalini snake going up your up your spine and into your chakras, like this is the one. Like, I mean, if you're looking for like really a, a primer on magic, like this is it right here. So I, I would highly recommend I read this like over 10 years ago. That's why I didn't remember it right off the bat. So I think that I am due for a reread. <laughs> awesome. Um, I, if we have time, um, I, there is one last thing that I think is probably the most amazing thing that I should have mentioned earlier. <laughs> uh, we, we have number one, um, the yab yum position, which is big. And yab -yum. Yab -yum. I, I, I am, I, I've said before, I am a fan of the yab yum. Yes. And so that's kind of where you are basically facing each other. One person climbs onto the other person's lap and they kind of are able to then look into each other's eyes and have a very intimate experience that way. Um, but it's basically just a sex position. So, you know, figure yourselves out accordingly, whether, you know, whatever your sexualities are, how that would line up. But um it's facing each other and kind of inserting something somewhere. <laughs> yeah. If, if there is any insertion at all, if, if it's two lesbians, then I don't know, maybe inserting it. I guess it would depend on the mood. I mean, lesbians are creative. They can figure out how to insert shit. Right. But you don't have to, I mean, yeah. you, you don't can... have to exactly. Right. 
So, um, but this is actually, this is on uh, mindbodygreen.com and it's how to have an energy orgasm, a step-by-step yes. guide. <laughs> so this doesn't have to have anything to do with sex, which is what's cool about it. Okay. So what's an energy orgasm? And this is by certified Tantra educator, Leslie Grace RN. And I will post a link to this on the show page, but, um, Basically, an energy orgasm is a practice. You can explore it with a partner or alone, and it involves the separation of the experience of orgasm from the stimulation required for physical climax. So while you may only be able to physically climax a number of times in a certain session, or for some people only once or not at all, people of all genders can learn to orgasm energetically many more times. You can also learn to orgasm even when there's no sexual contact happening solely by tapping the generous river of pleasure that is right there waiting for you. So it's kind of like this full body experience. And so this is apparently how to have one. If you haven't had one, it's a step-by-step guide. So first of all, you need to open your mind to the possibilities And so I think that just kind of even entertaining the thought that you can have an energy orgasm is half the battle. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So this life force, the chi is flowing through you all the time continuously, but sometimes (laughs) I I don't know why, I I don't know why this is part of the article, but it says this flow is literally available to us continuously, but unfortunately it's not, it's currently not socially acceptable to fall into an orgasmic swoon in public at any time of day or night. So we generally hold these energy systems kind of tightly and keep our minds firmly in control of the situation. So it says due to a variety of factors, the vast majority of people only know how to access orgasmic energy when, you know, obviously you're being stimulated, but that there's way more to it than that. And (laughs) so an energy orgasm, though, can also be called a mindgasm because you only have to let go of your mind in a particular way to allow the power of this orgasmic flow to to come through. I feel like this would be so easy for you water signs. (laughs) yes it is (laughs) speak from experience it's very easy but I think that anybody could do it I think that you just need to definitely open your mind to it and kind of I really think that that um kind of the the root what it was that the microcosmic breathing or where you're breathing through you know you're going down up your back over your head and around in a circle you know I think that that kind of helps get you in the right frame oh, of mind. Yeah, I, I think that it would. Yeah, because you're already kind of getting a sense for how the energy moves and you can kind of then harness it in a certain direction where it will feel even better. So it you could say that most people only let themselves access it during certain times when you're having sex or that sort of thing, but it's way more available to you, this this energy so they're saying practice with a foodgasm. Practice with a foodgasm. So very when Harry met Sally. <laughs> um, I mean, this is where you get your oysters on. Yeah. And actually, this is I, I've seen like a lot of things linked between food and Tantra, and I never really understood it. But now I get it. Okay. So well, I mean, like, if okay, for me, it's oysters. For you, it would be like a piece of amazing dark chocolate just <laughs> melting in your mouth. You know, 
me some more chocolate cake. Chocolate. I actually did a chocolate exercise, mindfulness exercise with a group. It wasn't a sexual thing at all. It was, it was just a mindfulness, but it, um, it helps you when you taste something really good, it helps connect you to that experience and kind of like slowly enjoying it. And, And part of it is like you eat it teeny bit by teeny bit, you know, and you're like really processing it. Right. And that is, I think, something that they say that is good for like mindful eating as well. Like instead of like going on a diet, just like try and practice like really just like tasting your food, enjoying your food, like letting yourself like chew your food and swallow it before like grabbing your fork and like putting another piece in your mouth. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Just, just really take that piece. Although they really take it far. Like if you're really like practice doing a mindfulness practice around food, it's like chew your food 8 million times. Like it gets really old sometimes. Yeah. You're supposed to chew your food until like it disappears. Practically. Yeah. It it's uh, I'm not there yet. Okay. So anyways, <laughs> but when you're doing this, you do it with someone else, then you are kind of feeding them and they're feeding you. Mm-hmm. And so watching the other person eat it is part of the turn on as well, which I guess it depends on what the food is. I mean, if it's well, whips, okay, so I don't know. Like going back to our witchcraft episode, if you're a kitchen witch and you're like, you know, you made like this amazing thing and you're watching this person eat it, like, there you go. That's your kink. Yeah. So there's Bowie. Like, yes. There's so, Bowie. <laughs> um, if you read this article, it'll take you through the steps to really kind of appreciate the food. And there's, you know, a bunch of steps and slowly receiving the perfect bites and closing your eyes and relaxing your whole body. And it's a whole to do. It is, it is a meditation. A lot of these are meditations. You have to really take the time and, and kind of go through all the steps, which we're not going to do all that right now. But so you can do that with food and you can also connect with this energy during sex without touch. So here's the cool part. So set the stage. (laughs) I mean, like, Uh, I feel like setting the stage is basically like, kind of like what we keep saying about feng shui. It's like, you know, light your candles, put on like the sexy music, just, you know, like just, whether you're with a partner or just by yourself, like just get into that place where you are all feeling sexy. Well, um, actually, it's more what position you're going to start out in. <laughs> but, again, it has, but, it, but it's a sexy position. It is. Well, I guess it depends because one of them is back, on your back with your knees bent and your feet flat on the bed or floor. Or there's other ways. I don't know. And they, they So you your can... body is more free to move and swirl. Yeah. <laughs> There's swirling action, okay? Just make sure you can swirl. Whatever that means to you, swirl away. But um, then you go within, and so that's kind of where it gets meditative. You're turning your attention inward. You're kind of saying, okay, mind, you know, you can let this happen, and just kind of like really tuning into the energy. And that's kind of where, like, if you have done energetic work in any other realm, if you um, even like working with auras, if you do any dousing, if you do any work with crystals, Reiki, like all of that stuff, you're going to probably have an easier time with this because you already can feel energy. But yeah, it's about just guiding the energy and saying, okay, it's here now direct it. Right. And 
so, you know, you're taking deep breaths, you're kind of letting it, let all the tension melt out of you, which is a big part of any type of meditative process. And then you move into the circular breathing, which is kind of what I was talking about before. I think this is another way to talk about that, but you're basically kind of letting it go up your back, down your head, around all the goodies, and then up the butt and up the back again. And so you're kind of connecting with your sensuality and you're feeling kind of where everything connects and fantasizing about other areas of the body and just feeling that like active energy kind of tingle within you. So, and then they're talking about freeing the spine. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of steps. <laughs> We're almost done. So you free the spine, you follow the in-breath and then the out-breath and you let your spine undulate and you're pressing your feet and you're rocking and you're just, that's why you need to read the article. But because I think it's going to happen differently for different people, but you're basically kind of letting that energy that's been kind of blocked up and locked away, kind of free, rain free, like, you know, free rain and just kind of let it spread throughout your body. And it might be kind of different for every person, kind of where that unfurls, where that ends up. But um, then you squeeze and draw upward, you increase the speed and intensity. So you're just, you kind of are doing that circular breathing like quicker and quicker until you have that energy build up. And then you can try squeezing your pelvic floor muscles. So, I mean, I think that there is still kind of a physical component to it. Yeah, absolutely. So, and if you're a guy, you know, probably where to squeeze, like the prostate or other areas to get that same kind of sensation, but yeah, you know where to squeeze. Yeah. (laughs) But basically then, um, so it's an actual climax. So like you are looking to move your body and free up the energy in a way that puts you on that path. And I think it definitely takes practice for people who haven't done it. You may not get it the first or second or third time, but just yeah, exactly. It's going to take, it's going to take some time, but yeah, the more you do it, the more used to it you get. It's kind of just like very sexy meditating. Yeah. (laughs) When it says, what does an energy orgasm feel like? And it's kind of, um, I don't know. I, I mean, there's like all these different, like, Basically, it, it's whatever it feels to you. <laughs> Read the article. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, it really, you know, there's all these things that we have kind of tied up into that as far as our expectations for when we have a sexual interaction. And it's like so much different than that. It's bigger. It's more, um, it can kind of like just flood your entire body. And okay. yeah. But Definitely check check out the show page on Podbean, uh, mysticchick.podbean.com. Um, just remember that you can check us out on Twitter. I am I'm like forgetting where I'm at, where I am and who I am. Um, I'm at chick underscore mystic. I am Las Virgo, and many other places. Check. I think Sasha's like, yeah, it's time it, it's time to go. What what are you guys doing? You guys are having too much fun. <laughs> 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 um, but anyways, um, any place that you are on listening to this, whether it is Stitcher or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or iTunes, consider leaving a review. And I don't do we have anything else as a reminder? 
Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's about it. But like, yes, if you could just like, if you just hit like the stars, give us five stars, that would be great. If you could give us a review, that'd be even better. That'll get us closer to our goal of like going to Colorado and podcasting from <laughs> cuddle parties. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, have a wonderful night and a wonderful rest of your week. And stay mystical. Good night, my witches.